Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KYW Original Podcasts. Well, Ray Didinger, I picked the Giants to win yesterday, but I picked them to win by three points, not by ten. So I'm surprised about how lopsided that game was yesterday in which the Eagles lost 27-17. to How surprised were you by everything that took place yesterday at MetLife Stadium? Well, uh, I, I knew the Giants were improving. Um, they, they were the one team in the division that you could honestly say had shown improvement week to week. Not a lot. I'm not suggesting that they're a great team. I'm not suggesting that they're back in the Parcells and Coughlin era. Um, but they they had improved from week one to two to three. I mean, you could just kind of see them getting better. Uh, and even though they were two and five, they had played pretty much every game within a field goal. Uh, so you could see they were making progress. But I still felt that the Eagles were a better team, and the Eagles had a lot more to play for. I mean, they were in first place, uh, and if they won the game, they could pretty much put the Giants away at least. I mean, they would have the better record. They would have four wins. They would get. They would be even up four and four, uh, and they would have two head-to-head wins over the Giants. So they probably much, pretty much would have closed the door on one of the teams in their division. So they had a lot to play for. They were getting some players back. They were getting some key players back, Sanders, Johnson. Uh, and they came out, and they were just so lethargic uh, at the beginning of the game. It just made no sense to me. You know, Giants take the ball in their first possession, go 85 yards, touchdown, take the lead, and held the lead for the rest of the game. I mean, the fact that I'll admit that the Giants look like a better football team right now, and right now they might be the best team in the division, but the fact that the Eagles just didn't seem to match their effort or their want-to, to me, was probably the most disappointing part of the game. No, uh, it, 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 um, it, was, it was very surprising to me that they did not compete more than you expected them to yesterday. You used, Ray, uh, two different uh, terms, phrases, words in Eagles postgame live in NBC Sports Philadelphia that stood out to me. One is you called this a failure for a lot of reasons. Uh, You called it a failure in in many facets. And the other is you said that the Eagles aren't a smart team. Uh, What led you to make those comments, and why do you feel that? Well, um, I mean, if you you look at... The, the the total game they just did a lot of things that that in my view weren't very smart uh, and it starts with coaching uh, I I thought that just for an example I thought Doug's decision to go for go for a two point conversion after their second touchdown when a when if you kick the PAT that gets you within three 
you know, why you want to go for two there. And if you fail, now all of a sudden now you're back in a two-score game. Made no sense to me. Um, I mean, you, you, you would have to show me, and I know they have their own analytics department, and I know they have their own two-point chart, and they, they the, supposedly this is very scientific the way they've got this thing broken down. But I, I, I just feel like in a lot of these decisions that Doug, um, Doug does them all, almost on impulse. I think his his first his first desire when they score a touchdown is I want to go for two. I mean, it just speaks to his basic aggressiveness which over time has served him pretty well, but not lately. Uh, and I think you have to look at every situation, every opponent differently uh, and evaluate it as such. And this was, not, this was not the time or place to go for two, I didn't think. Uh, and when it fails, now you're down four when you could have been down three. Made no sense to me. Um, and I, I look at some of the, just the, the, the overall strategy that they used in terms of how they attacked the Giants' defense. Um, the fact that they seemed unwilling to try and uh, hit a deep play against them, when just two weeks ago, one of the reasons they were able to beat the Giants the last time was they hit some really big plays. I mean, they hit a 59-yard pass to Hightower. They hit a 40-yard pass to Fulgham. They hit a 30-yard pass to Rodgers. You know, they hit big plays against that defense. And then yesterday, Carson Wentz in his press conference said, well, you know, the Giants, you can't go over the top against them. They take the deep ball away. No, they don't. I mean, uh, the the, red, the Washington team last week hit a couple of big pass plays against them. So, you know, I, I just couldn't understand that part of it. So I think that's kind of a coaching thing. That's kind of a strategy X's and O's thing. But the other part of it is just within individual plays, uh, individual players, just doing dumb stuff. Um, I mean, uh, just for one example, the opening drive. The Giants get the ball on their opening drive, and they're taking it down the field. And the first time you get them in a third down situation, first time you got Giants in a third down situation, third and eight, right around kind of midfield. Third and eight's not an easy, not an easy conversion. Uh, and then you know Malik Jackson jumps off sides, hmm. and now all of a sudden third and eight is third and three, and now it becomes an easy conversion for them. And they pick up the third and three, and two plays later they're in the end zone and they're up seven nothing. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. And you would and you would expect that a team coming out of the bye uh, with a little time to prepare uh, coming into this game would just be smarter than that. But the Eagles were just not very smart right from the jump. How alarming is it? And I didn't realize it was like this. I really didn't. I might have picked the Giants by more if I, if I recognized the stat. How alarming is it that they're 1-4 under Doug after the bye? Uh, it's, it, it's certainly a pattern. You know, I mean, you can't, just dismiss, you can't just look at that and just say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, when you compare it to what really good coaches do off the bye, and in Philadelphia we had that for many years with Andy Reid. I mean, he he never lost coming off the bye. You never wanted to you never wanted to catch Andy Reid's team coming off the bye because <clears throat> they almost never lost. Um, the fact that now with Doug you kind of got the reverse now. Uh, now they come off the bye and they and they lose. Um, and yeah, I mean that's that that. When that happens, and you've now got five years of it, and you've, you're one and four in those five years, uh, you have to look back at it, and you have to do some real serious self self evaluation, and just say, wait a minute, there's something really wrong about this. Uh, and it's not all on the coach, but it certainly starts with the coach. And um, you know, at the end of this year, when however it ends up, and I think we kind of know looking at the schedule over the next five weeks how it's going to end up. Um, you know, there's going to have to be a real serious uh, internal review 
of the Eagles, uh, starting top to bottom. They're going to have to look at everything. Uh, and that's going to be part of it. It's, you're going to have to – I know there's a lot of questions being asked about is Doug Peterson really on the hot seat. I kind of don't think so. Hmm. I can't imagine uh, Jeff Lurie letting Peterson go, firing Peterson after this crazy year of 2020. I just think uh, the feeling will be, and it may be – it may be over being over generous to just say, hey, you know, 2020, everything that happened in the world, COVID injuries, everything that went happened this year. I can't let Doug Peterson go on the basis of this. I got to give the, I, I, I got to almost got to give this one a mulligan here and give him a chance to start over. I don't I really don't think that Doug is on as much thin ice as a lot of people feel. Now, listen, in the next five weeks. I mean, they've got five really tough games coming up, and they could wind up losing all five of them. And maybe by the end of that, maybe things will change. But I don't see that happening. But when you do your internal review, you're going to have to start with your coaching. Uh, and one of the aspects you're going to have to ask is, why does this team come out of the bye as, as flat as it does? And it certainly did yesterday. You know, I, it's always uncomfortable to talk about somebody's job security. And I did have that question about Doug on my list of questions for you, Ray. So I'll fast forward to that and then ask the, the follow-up that I have to that. How much at risk do you think Howie Roseman is for the construction? I know I, I've asked you this at least once so far this season, but I guess i got to ask it again considering how they're playing. How much at risk do you think Howie Roseman is based on the construction of this team and the way that they've played this season? Well, um, I, I certainly think that the area of scouting, uh, talent acquisition, has to be uh, reviewed and improved. There has to be changes made there. Um, will it lead to a, a change? Will it lead to Howie being uh, let go? I don't think so. Um, if I think I think Jeff really likes Howie. I think Jeff thinks that Howie's a really smart guy. Uh, I mean, it's back when Chip Kelly was the coach here. You know, Chip Kelly wanted Howie gone, uh, and Jeff didn't do that. I mean, Jeff reassigned him. He took him out of the football operation and, and put him back into the uh, salary cap contract negotiating role. Uh, but he made, but he kept, he kept Howie in the, in the building. Uh, and I think that's, what's going to happen. I, I don't see them. I don't see him uh, letting Howie go, but I definitely think they're going to restructure uh, the personnel department. I think they're definitely going to, you know, probably some scouts will be let go. Some new scouts will be brought in. And I think they'll probably bring in somebody else from the outside uh, to oversee the the drafts and the roster construction. Because if you look, a lot of what's happened with this team this year really uh, is a result of some poor drafting and some poor free agent signings. I mean, just basic personnel decisions. You look at the roster. It's just not a good roster. And so, uh, I mean, if you're Jeff Lurie, you're looking at that and you're saying, no, we we can't do this again. We got to make some changes. We got to get better at this. If we're going to get better as a team, we just have to. It starts with getting better players. And do I think? Do I think there's any chance that Howie's going to be let go? No. Is there a chance that there's going to be restructuring of the personnel department? Yeah, I think. I think it's absolutely almost a certainty. What do you make of? Uh, I guess one more follow-up to that job security question is Jim Schwartz. Um, the Eagles fell behind fourteen to three yesterday. The Giants, unless I'm mistaken, I think they scored on their first two drives. Uh, the, the Eagles got fooled again by a by a Daniel Jones keeper, and this time he didn't fall. He scored a touchdown. Uh, where do you see Jim Schwartz when this season is over? Assuming that the next five weeks go as poorly as we th- as we think they're going to go. Um, well, look if. If this team finishes, you know, with four wins, five wins, um, th- there's going to have to be changes. 
and I, and I said, I, I don't think that Doug's going to be involved. Um, there may be some reassignment of Howie, but I don't think he's going to be gone, but somebody's going to have to go. Uh, and it could, ver- it could very, it could very well be Schwartz. It could, it could, it could very well be the defensive coordinator. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done a bad job. Uh, overall, if you, if you look at his time here as the coach overall, their, their defenses in terms of point, if you look at it overall, in terms of points allowed over his time here, he's given up yards for sure. But if you look at the points allowed, they're one of the better teams in the league over the last four years in terms of allowing points. They don't allow a lot. Now this year, different story. You know, this year they've given up points. Uh, and the other thing is that they have been beaten way too often by those kinds of misdirection, influence, uh, jet sweep, uh, RPO kinds of plays repeatedly over and over and over again. Um, teams have it baked into every game plan now. Is Even if they don't have that play originally in their playbook, they'll put it in for the Eagles because they know the Eagles react to it so badly. The fact that you can get beaten by that kind of by that kind of motion, by that kind of misdirection, week after week after week, and the guys don't learn, they don't get better at it, they don't get the basic concept of containment, and, and you're still nine weeks in and you're still getting beat by the same play, that comes back to coaching for sure. Uh, and the other part of it is this team doesn't, uh, you know, they're just not a big takeaway team. I mean, they're, they're, you're nine games into the season. They've only got three interceptions. Uh, and the way the NFL plays now, you know, t- you got to take the ball away. You, the teams that win, the good teams are the teams that force turnovers, and they get takeaways. Uh, it's not so much about yards anymore. It's about takeaways. And the def- this defense doesn't do that. So, and I think that they've, you know, they've spent a lot of money to build that defensive line. Uh, and they aren't getting great production out of the defensive line. I mean, for what they're paying, they're not getting much bang for their buck. I mean, Brandon Graham has had maybe his best year this year. But other than that, the guys up front, mm, are, to me, are underachieving. And, at, you know, you've got to trace some of that back to the, to the coaching, too. On the other side of the ball, the Eagles were 0 for 9 on third down yesterday. The last time they had an 0 for was that bad loss in Pittsburgh in 2004. It's been that long since they haven't converted a third down. Uh, I guess you could blame a lot of people on that, but I guess I'll start with the quarterback. What do you make of Carson Wentz at this point? Looking at that statistic yesterday, well, it's not just it's not just that one game. Um, you know, I, I they. You know, both Doug and Carson after the game were talking about, yeah, oh, it's 0 for 9. That's, you know, that's really bad. But, uh, you know, give, give a lot of credit to the Giants. The Giants played really good. And, you know, they, and they took away this and they took away that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not just really about the Giants. I mean, you, you look back over the last four games, um, their, their third down conversions, 0 for 9 yesterday, yes. 3 for 8 the week before that. 4 for 13 the week before that. Three for twelve the week before that. So if we talk about a four-game sample, their third-down conversions are ten for forty-two, twenty-three percent. Uh, so it's not just it's not just a one-game thing. It's not one opponent. It's one. It's not one bad day. It's a real pattern here. Um, you know, and I know Carson at one point in a press conference said, "Yeah, we we pride ourselves in being a really good third-down offense." Well, you used to be, but you're not right now. Uh, and a lot of it is him. I mean, there are a lot of throws that he needs to make that he wasn't making, but there are other parts of it too. Missed blocks, bad assignments, um, drop balls. I mean, there were a couple of, a couple of those, a couple of those were third down plays where he did hit, hit guys in the hands of the ball and they dropped it. 
So it's, I mean, when you go 0 for 9 on third down and you don't convert a single one, it's never just about one guy. It's, it's a total offensive failure. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they have to get, they have to get rectified or else these next five weeks are just going to be really ugly. And these next five weeks, uh, Ray, I, I wrote down the schedule for every team over the next seven weeks because um, this NFC East is wide open at this point. Eagles three five and one, Giants three and seven, Washington two and seven, Dallas two and seven. So I, I wrote down the schedule for for each team, and we know about the Eagles. The Eagles have two games left against teams that currently have losing records. The next five games are against teams that currently have winning records. The Giants' remaining schedule, they only face two teams that have losing records right now, so they have a tough schedule too. Washington faces five teams that currently have losing records, and Dallas faces six teams that currently have losing records. So, Ray, I guess the question is, if the Eagles lose these next five games, which is very possible, is there any way, shape, or form they can win this NFC East? No, I don't think so. Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, Because, I I mean, they're going to be underdogs in all five of these games. Uh, And could could they maybe steal one? Maybe. Uh, I guess you'd probably say the most likely one would be the next one, which is next Sunday in Cleveland. But Cleveland's playing. Cleveland's playing. I mean, they're a little inconsistent, but they're certainly playing with a lot of spunk, uh, and and they're hungry. You know, they're they're a team and a franchise that hasn't won in a very long time. So they're, you're going to get an inspired effort there. I'm not so sure at this point that the Eagles are capable of an inspired effort. Uh, and you look around this division. I don't know. I you know you can. It's such a week to week league. It's 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 such a week to week league, especially this year, that I, I, it's hard to look down the road and say, okay, they'll win this, they'll lose this. You don't really know. Uh, the only thing I can tell you right now, and it's based on real study of these four teams, uh, is the only team who, in terms of its performance, the arrow is pointing up, is the Giants. Uh, you know, the Giants are, have gotten better week by week. Uh, Daniel Jones has put two pretty good games back-to-back. Uh, and their defense, even though I don't think their personnel is great on defense, they're really well coached, uh, and they don't make a lot of dumb mistakes, and they don't beat themselves. Uh, and they have really good special teams. So right now, even though they started this year 0-5, I think when it's all said and done, the New York Giants are going to wind up winning this division. I don't know that's ever happened, that a team started the season 0-5 and finished the year in the playoffs. I kind of doubt that it did, uh, but I think you're likely to see that this year. No, oh, it's remarkable. It's 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 wild. You you didn't think that you you were thinking the Giants, you know, a few weeks ago were in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, and now you know now obviously that is not the case. And Daniel Jones is playing much better, as you mentioned. Ray, uh, thank you for the time as always. Really appreciate it. Eagles at the Browns next Sunday. We will preview Friday morning. I look forward to it, David. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of ninety four WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.